Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. That, that's so nobody's going to respond. Nobody's going to wow. say thank you. Nobody's going to do anything. This is a one-way communication device. We're well, talking are, about no, dark comedies. They're like, hold on, let us get our popcorn. Joe said it. It's time <laughs> yeah. to go. Well, they let's get excited. They, the kids get let's excited. See what they have they to hear, say when they say when they hear that. Let's welcome to Bonehead Weekly. You know, they get let's all, go into the kitchen. Let's go into the kitchen. Let's go into the kitchen and get our butcher knife. You know, I was going to say knife. Well, I was, was going to say, and we'll raid all your food, but whatever, you know, you psychos with your Which knife. is why I they got their knives. We're psychos. We're, can we get some Funyuns? I just want to look it up, Lee know. Christian, in this Beyond Atlantis photo. If you don't know what that is, guys uh, listening to us right now, uh, Google Lee Christian, L E I G H Christian. James was telling us about a movie called. Beyond Atlantis that starred Patrick Wayne, which was the son of John Wayne, and who else, James? Uh, Sid Haig. Sid Haig. And so it was a Sid Haig movie I'd never saw, and so when I saw Sid Haig was in it, I had to watch it. And, oh, it's just – it. so if you do watch it, it should be free to watch somewhere. It's public domain, I think. But if you do watch it, know going into it that it was supposed to be an R-rated kind of action horror film. And Patrick Wayne said it had to be family friendly. So when you see Sid Haig play a pimp that all of a sudden speaks in rhyme, that's because the script was changed. It had to be. But it's it's stupid fun. All right. All right, gentlemen. So this was James's idea, dark comedies. And actually no, I was, was it? No, mine. it wasn't me. I it I, was mine. Chad, how many painkillers have you taken? Uh today? In the last week. Ooh, Hold on, let 20... me tell you this, Joe. The I've amount had of painkillers he he has taken does not even begin to equal the amount of pain that he's given. No, that's probably true. So twenty times four carry the three. It was so nice that Mick Strawn gave us this top Add of twelve, a uh, zero. Oh, and question. for our listeners out there, Mick Strawn is uh, does the Rabbit Hole podcast, and he's back to doing it on the. Uh, Oh, whatever it's called, the TJ Bowser Network, whatever it is. I can't remember. Tatnus? No, not Tatnus. He's back working with TJ. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I lost track. Sorry. Yeah. So go out and check out um, Rabbit Hole, you know, because Mick's yeah. not only a supporter of the show, he's a dear friend. So, and listening to Mick just pontificate about nonsense is truly one of my favorite things on earth to do. Yeah, James, I would like to hear Mick. Yeah, I'd like giving actually, him some pizza and some beer. I, I have never had more fun eating a, a taco listening to Mick talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah oh, I, that night was margaritas. Yeah. Well, yeah. me and James didn't have margaritas. You and Mick had them. Well, I'm sorry, gentlemen. Let out some of them uh, them, them, them wallets. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get pleasure I had bread, next water October. For I'll get I'll I'll get Julian out of knowing next October. You won't be drinking a margarita. Well, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> oh, they oh, cured me off this, the, hey, the audience, they done cured me off the turkey. <laughs> did, does this mean that I have to become like a certain other friend of ours and, and do it in front of you just to put salt in that wound? I don't even like these. This is the best one I've ever well, had. Though. I've been on this liquid diet, and there's a couple of people who have been around me, and I've asked them questions where they won't eat around. And I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. I don't get upset. So, no, I don't. Uh, oh, I'll let you know next October. Anyway, dark comedies. This was Mick's idea and Chad's. <laughs> yeah. So... Let me ask you guys about dark comedies. Yeah, I have the same question. Do you, well, are you sure? 
Well, I, you know me, I go through those lists and some of them I'm like, this isn't what I call it. Uh, that's not my question. Well, I have do you all question. Do you all think in terms of subgenres, dark comedies may be the hardest stuff? Well, I was about to say, and I agree with that. On me a little bit. The hardest genre that, to, to, to pull off. Well, it, it, I, I think that leads into my question of what is a dark comedy? Yeah, because I, Joe, I decided my list. But then I looked at lists because I was like, "Well, maybe I maybe I should be prepared and in case." Some of those damn things aren't they are dark comedies, James. I had no, two. No. I had that two dark Blazing comedies. Blazing Saddles like, popped up on some lists. That is not a dark. Not a dark who the hell made that list? Uh, I believe That's that list was on Men's Health. Men's and I'm Health not being sarcastic. Of best dark comedies. Okay, and they Men's had Health should not be picking dark. Should not be working about cinema at all. What the dude? Hell? I don't know if you picked up an issue of Men's Health recently, and you can tell by my. Clearly, we haven't. I say you can tell by my chiseled physique I'm a I've got a lifetime subscription, but they do articles on everything, everything, everything. Oh, we're canceled. Thanks, James. What? <laughs> everything we canceled. Why would we be canceled? <laughs> oh, no reason. We're not getting. No, I really don't now, understand. James. I wasn't mocking anybody. James, I was we're honestly about this right now, James. Yeah, what? Yeah. We're not going to talk about this right now, James. This yeah, look up Miss Swan, James, on Mad TV, where you pulled that from. I didn't pull it from Miss Swan, actually. I was doing um, Family Guy. Thank you. Yeah. Who is the Stole same it. person who did Miss Swan on Mad TV? No, no, I was doing Peter Griffin from Family Guy. I don't know Guy. why I'm blanking on her name. Let's get back to the topic. Yeah, no, I really because... think our comedies are the hardest. It's it's a It's a comedy. But at the same time, it's making fun of a very bad situation. That's right. my per yeah. Which leads me to I and I wasn't I, I think my question leads into yours of what is a dark comedy? And then I'm serious. I see these lists and I go, I don't think this is a dark comedy. Yeah, and I really think people who try dark comedies for the most part, they don't I, I mean, not for the most part, there are plenty that pull it off, but there are there are a lot of duds out there. They either go way too dark with no humor. Or the humor over like overpowers the pain and the darkness of the story. So uh, can I ask this question? We won't yeah. talk about these movies. Who do you think is? I'm going to give my example of who's made some of the best dark comedies in the last. Oh, year. I can. I can. Uh, yeah, you my know, first, my first pick, I think, is the king of dark comedies. Who? In the last few years? Oh, not the last few years. I was saying. That's what I'm saying. Neil McDonough would be my example of. Yep. I'm not going to name the movie, so I'm not going to, I'm, but just gentlemen, and not all of them are dark comedy. Modern Neil McDonough, and even though, yeah, they're, yeah, there's some, but I, you know, overall, if I wish he would make more, Danny DeVito, I think, is a master of the dark comedy. Yeah, I was going to say, well, there's one of the ones I was going to talk about comes from Danny DeVito, so. Yeah, there's two good ones. Well, you know, there's one I don't really care for, and there's one I love, so, but yeah, it, but I, the, the yeah. only, the only dark comedy that he did that I don't care for is, is duplex i've never seen it actually it's not the best one um but i mean you have uh we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that when me and james talk about art because i'm I, i'm wondering if me and him have the same one because if he i don't think we do because i left one for james <laughs> well can i go ahead and, say, and i will just pick this one if you don't mind i'll go ahead and say it since we're on danny devito go and because i think james is going to pick the other one but war of the roses is a pretty damn good example of a dark comedy Oh yeah. And by the way, it's kind of funny. We all three picked a different one. Right. 
So War of the Roses, because and it, I picked this when we talked about divorce films. It's one of the my favorite divorce films of all time. Right. I don't. Once again, I don't want to sit here and talk about it because I think most people know it, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it stars uh, Kathleen Turner. I don't think a lot of people know War of the Roses. I really don't, especially you think nowadays. It's forgotten now. I think it's one of those ones that's get, kind of being forgotten. Of course, across the. I think most, of, and this is what sucks. Danny DeVito is mostly known for It's Always Sunny now. Now, but and, I mean, and modern like, people don't realize that man is a very talented director, and but he also is a very talented actor. I mean, he was in talent. Yeah. yeah, and he also got. If anything, he's he's mostly known for "It's Always Sunny" and probably Matilda. Yeah, so "War of the Roses" is about divorce, and um, oh my goodness, I forgot the other actor's name. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Thank you. You're welcome. It's, they get married. They have kids. She decides she's not in love with him anymore, and they go through a divorce. And boy, do they go through a divorce. And they do awful things to one another. And it is laugh out loud, even though what they're doing to each other is awful. They're terrible people. He doesn't want to give up the house. She doesn't. She wants the house. She wants nothing but the house, and he doesn't want to give it up because he's mad at her. That's the plot. Yeah. And it doesn't end well for anybody. So always check out War of the War Roses. I think it's 1988 or 89, but I'm pretty sure it's 1988. Who's next? Yeah. James, go ahead and do your Danny yep. DeVito. I, for Danny DeVito, I mean, honestly, I have to talk about one. I had to see an advanced screening of it. It's burned into my memory because it is so bizarre. And I really got to see it again. It's been so many cruel. years. And everything else. And it's, I mean, a cast that you just look at and think, wow. Um, Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie is... It has one of the best casts of any dark comedy of all time. But it doesn't work for everybody. No, it doesn't work for... I mean, and, and it now... Is, it is a I dark, think, dark movie. I think, interestingly enough, watching it now, you can read different text into it, subtext into it, than what I what, what I watched it five years ago, 10 years ago. Right. Uh, it originally came out in 2002. It was not a hit. was not no, a hit. But man, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I, I did get to see an advanced screening, but back in the day, 2002, I would have been an assistant hall director, which meant I make the annual sum of $4,000. But the University of Kentucky, where I was working at the time, used to, on occasion, at this time, they had a deal. Was that Paramount that released Death to Smoochie? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'll, uh, I'll look it up while you're talking. But it's uh, they had a deal with the movie studio, and we would get to advance screen movies through, and it was student government would do it. Student government sponsored free popcorn. Warner Brothers. To, Warner Brothers. You went to the 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 campus theater, the little small theater, and you got to preview whatever movie was coming out. And uh, I took uh, who was then my girlfriend to this this movie, and we rolled. I just had a blast. Um. By the way, that's two strikes against uh, Warner Brothers. You're not putting Death to Smoochie on HBO Max. And you did today. You just canceled one of my favorite shows. Which one? Uh, uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, they I saw it was trending, and I figured that's what the news was. Yeah, they canceled um, it. But, you know, the thing about Death to Smoochie is, like I said, it, it plays different even now than it did five, ten years ago. Um, because now, as I was saying there, like the, the scene in it that is probably – Quite frankly, one of the darker. Actually, it's got a ton of dark scenes. But anyway, at one point, our our hero Smoochie, 
uh, Ed Norton is convinced to perform. I'm sorry, it's not. I had brain freeze. Sorry, flip it. Anyway, no spoilers. One of the people gets convinced to perform at a certain type of uh, rally, right? That may involve uh, Nazis. And I think now, uh, watching it, I was like, that plays differently because now, I mean, you could that movie now could be a commentary on, you know, the use of cancel culture as a weapon. I'm not debating cancel culture here, but the idea of that as a weapon, of that of if you can convince somebody to do something or trick them into doing something, it can end their career. And so basically what this movie is about is Robin Williams plays um, the Rainbow Randall. Who was a child, children's TV host, all this stuff. He's fallen from grace. He's, it's bad. He's, he's a bad, and he's not a good person anymore. And Smoochie, played by Edward Norton, or well, played by somebody played by Edward Norton, is basically a kind of a parallel to Barney, right? Yeah. And if, if you wanted to put it in parallel, this would be, it's Mr. Rogers versus Barney, except neither, well, actually, Ed Norton's character is nice. That's part of his problem. But Robin Williams's character has fallen such hard times that he, quite frankly, is brutal. Um, and and I mean, this is not a film to show children. It is these two people end up going at each other, and it kind of has a somewhat redeeming ending, I guess. Yeah, I would say it does. But at the same time, it is what what you go through to get to that ending shows that, you know, that the closest thing I can compare it to as far as a critique of, you know, these children's TV people are not always good people. They play good people, but they're not. It's actually going back to Happy, right? There's there's a similar character in the first season of Happy right. that plays this, you know, lovable kids TV host. And then when you actually see him behind the scenes, he's terrible. But yeah, if you've never seen Death to Smoochie, I would say it's one of the most pitch black comedies out there. Because um, how many comedies are going to involve Nazi rallies and just attacks on other people and trying to literally rob someone of their livelihood? So All right. that, that'd be mine. Yeah. All right. And then I will I will round out the king of uh, dark comedies and talk about Throw Mama from the Train and how much I love that film. It's so good. That's I may watch that tomorrow. It's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, I love. I loved, yeah, I loved it as a kid. I and I still can't believe I enjoyed it as much as I did. I think that's what made me love the the genre of dark comedies and why I'm so picky about it because I just don't think a lot of people hit it right. And by the way, it's not on any damn list. I looked up. That's insane. Now the other two are Danny DeVito. Death How can Throw all. Mama from the Train not be on a dark Because I list. think people remember that even less than More of the Roses. Oh, that's depressing. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Throw, Throw Mama from the Train, it's, uh, a lot of people aren't. I mean, I do talk to people nowadays, and I mention it uh, when we get when we get talking about Danny DeVito, and I mention, you know, he's a movie director, right? And uh, some people don't, which still shocks me. Um, and I still, to this day, kick myself in the ass when we did our best directors episode and I didn't mention him. I don't know why I didn't put him on the list. I just completely forgot. But no, Throw Mama from the Train, it's simply this. It's it's a it's a take of um, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Stranger on a Train, 
right? That's the name of the movie. I'm not messing that up. <laughs> um, these two Chris guys, Chris Cross, Chris Cross. <laughs> you take you do my murder and I do yours. Your murder, yes, uh, yes, Chad. It, sorry, no, it's okay. But Billy, if you've seen it, you have to go crisscross. Crisscross. So Billy Crystal is a teacher. Um, his he's heartbroken. His wife left him and has become successful. She wrote a book. Um, and he's an author too, but he's failing. He can't get anything published. And he's teaching a, a, a writing class. And Danny DeVito is one of his students. Um, who basically they meet up and say, Danny DeVito says, look, if you kill my mom, I will kill your wife, your ex-wife. And Billy Crystal is, obvi- is right off the way against it. But Danny DeVito keeps, uh, you know, hitting him with it. And they finally go see his mom who is played again. I really feel like she's been lost to time and Ramsey. Well, nobody has filled that role. No, nobody, nobody, nobody can. That role. And on top of that, they know her from what? Screws and Goonies. And Goonies. And not this. Yeah, probably that's true. Yeah. And I think she had just had the surgery, the throat surgery, which is why her voice is so crazy in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's one that you, you half the time don't know what she's saying, <laughs> you know, but, but when she says, Owen, Owen, he's trying to kill me. Oh, <laughs> sorry that's that actually good? pretty good that's not thank bad thank you that's not bad <laughs> chad will now fill you don't in mean to laugh never... the people listening and we're supposed to be talking but it's it is a, it's a really funny movie it's now. a great movie and I'm you know the whole scene i don't think people talk about it in the whole scene where they're sitting there eating breakfast yep. and and ramsey comes in <laughs> you lied to me. Dana Vio yells, looks at Billy Chris and says, you lied to me and hits him with the frying pan and knocks him over. Yep. And there's some really heart wrenching scenes in it where Danny DeVito is sitting on, on, in on, I think it's on the roof of the house with Billy Crystal and he's showing him his train set and he's talking yeah. like, a, and again, talking about the range and how talented Danny DeVito is. He sounds like a little kid. Yeah. And his dad and talking and, about, and, and talking about his dad. Yeah. It's heart, it's heart wrenching, but at the same time, it is a flat out comedy. But it is so dark at the same time. Again, I just uh, no, we're not going to dwell too much on Danny DeVito. We just covered three of the of, of the best dark comedies of all time, and he's responsible for them. Again, king of dark comedy, Danny DeVito. Joe, what's your next pick? Right? I'm up, and I'm going to talk about a Hal Ashby film because, as much as yes, I agree with you, I'm going to talk about something that was made in the last fifty years. And let's talk about the king of dark comedies, Harold and Mold. Harold, you Mold. know, guys, I will admit it. I've never seen it. Oh my god, Chad, it's so funny. I don't it's know so how funny. I have not. Every time it's on streaming, I put it on my queue and I'll go to watch it, and then I just get distracted and I forget, and then it falls off. Ruth Gordon and Bud Court, and basically what it is, if this sounds like it's up your alley, it, it could have only happened in the seventies. It's it's second to only uh, another dark comedy that I'll talk. Well, I've talked about on here before that would be an honorable mention. I'll just say it now. Lord Love a Duck of How in the Hell Did This Ever Get Made? Of How Ashby, write, written by Colin Higgins. It's about a young, rich, and obsessed with death. Harold finds himself changed forever when he meets a lively septuagenarian Maud at a funeral. And they fall in love. They have, they have sex. They have sex. They fall in love. And it's so weird. And he has no friends. He is such a sad, pathetic human being. Then he falls in love with his old lady. And she's weird as hell, too. And that's the movie. 
Did she I, win an Oscar for this? I think she was nominated. I thought she won. Let's oh, have, to, have to take a look. I've got it pulled up here, but James, have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's, I haven't seen it recently, but I, I, we know someone that that's their favorite film. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know if you remember, but yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, that's his favorite film? Uh, it's one of them because he literally said, he goes, oh, I love it because uh, the Kentucky – in Kentucky, it's a historic theater uh, for those listening outside of Kentucky. But oh, um, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. I'll have to. Yeah, watch it's it. it's really easy to find. It's not like there's several movies in the '70s that people have forgotten about that are hard to find that you should go out there and check out. But Ruth Gordon at the time was 51 years older than Bud Court. Woof. Yeah, and, and a movie that pays tribute to it quite a bit is. Um, Oh, what is it? The thing about what's the what's the one with Cameron Diaz, the the Fairley Brothers movie? There's, there's something about Mary. There's okay. That's Mary's favorite movie. That's what she's looking for. That's what she tells people is I just want to drink beer and watch a movie like Harold and Maude. And I, audiences today probably don't get it as much. The reference was probably 10, 20 years past its time at the time when there's something about Mary came out. But the movie, there's something about Mary Perry's tribute to it quite a bit. How Ashby directed a ton of films through the late 60s and early 70s, just knocking them out of the park. Another one that's kind of what I think is a dark comedy, but I didn't pick it, was... Uh, oh, uh, anyway, keep going. Who's next? James. Um, You know, I'm going to talk about one that, that came out and, and a lot of people saw it. It's, it, it got overshadowed by a film that had a similar plot that was a straight comedy uh, to most people. Uh, though I laughed harder at one than the other. Um, but it's it's not talked about a lot today. And I, I want to really quickly, I, I pulled up, I need to pull up my notes because they just closed because of course they would. The, the topic of mall cops, most people remember oh, uh, Paul okay. Blart mall car, cop. Yeah, they, they forget the other one. Observe and report. They came out the same year, right? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I mean that's yeah. what that's that's what you know. You got Armageddon, Deep Rising, and uh, no uh, Deep, Deep Impact. Impact. And what's the, what's another one? What's another good example? Uh, Tombstone, Dante's Light Peak, Earth, Dante's Peak, Volcano. Yeah. Paul Blart, Markop, Observe and Report. All came so, out in the same years. It was it's in Observe and Report so good. Observant well, report was I didn't care for it when it came out. Really? I haven't seen it in years. No. It was directed and written by Jody Hill. Jody Hill went on to do such things as a lot of TV work, quite frankly. Um almost all HBO. Yeah, yeah. Um, down. But that I being said, so Observant Report is this really Anna Ferris, Seth Rogan, uh Ray Liotta, the great late Ray Liotta. Um Michael Pena, now better known as Ant-Man's friend. Uh, but it's got a great cast. and But it's a very dark comedy. He basically plays a mall cop that's obsessed with this woman at the mall. He's completely inappropriate. He's overly vicious. He's actually, quite frankly, as the description of the movie even says, he's mentally disturbed. He's mentally, yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty much a comedy version of taxi driver 
I mean, he is dangerous. He is. But at the same time, there's parts in the movie because I think the reason it works as a dark comedy is in some weird way. Um, Cho, you've heard this adapted for other reasons before, but <laughs> we really, really care because the stakes are so low. So low. Yeah, yeah. I am, why, why I, the, I, the battles are so bloody because the stakes are so low. I didn't think about this one as a dark comedy, and I'm glad she's right. But now I'm laughing about the end. What happens with Seth Rogen, the the streaker? <laughs> yeah, the flash. So basically, he's trying to catch a flasher in the mall before that flasher will damage Anna Faris's character. Yeah, but he's going to go to horrible lengths to do it. Yeah. And again, he's not a good person himself. No, he's terrible. Like, you would not, like, this isn't Cesaro, even like some people are like, well, you know, he's charming and knocked up and stuff. He does things that were funny, but questionable, but he's charming. No, he is not in this movie. He is not overly lovable. This is like he's his, not... this, that's his, this is his darkest role that he's ever done, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That and his, that and his character in Sausage Party. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. Which that's a movie, movie I that's... haven't seen yet. Sausage Party is is completely uh, skippable to me. <laughs> Joe and I watched uh, it in the theater. It's one joke, Chad. Yeah, I know, buddy. I'm not arguing with you. It's 90 minutes of one joke. I know. I was bored. <laughs> that's the problem. Is like, yeah, oh great, all these things say dirty things. I need a plot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. Anyway, go ahead. Observe and report. Um. Yeah, no, I'll just give you a, a, a quick sample because this is the type of monologue that Seth Rogen's mall cop character gives in the film. Um, I have a dream most nights. Starts on a playground. There's kids swinging, laughing, dogs barking, butterflies just flapping their little wings. And then you hear a rumbling and over the horizon comes a black cloud and it's made of cancer and pus and it starts sweeping over the playground and everyone starts screaming and clawing their eyes out and pulling at their hair and saying, help, what do we do? And you know what happens next? Out steps me wielding the biggest <clears throat> shotgun you've ever seen in your whole life. And you know what I do? I blow every effing thing away and I'm getting God's work done. And when it's all over and the dust is settled, the whole world gathers uh, below me and they say, thank you, Ronnie. Thank you for helping, being a great man and doing this for us. And you know what I say? You don't need to thank me. I'm just a guy with a gun. He's a mall, mall cop, folks. And that's how he begins his introduction to us as the audience. It is a dark, dark movie. Yeah, it's, and, 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 it's probably their darkest. It's darker than Vice Principles. It's darker than Eastbound and Down. Yeah, and Vice Principles is pretty dark. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm actually is. watching the second season now because I never got to finish it. Oh, it's so good. I, well, I'm enjoying. I was I watching it right up until the time we were doing Bonehead. Oh wow, no, um, yeah, I agree. Observing report, man, it is, it is, just a. It, it's really a. It's really a good film, and also uh, Ray Liotta's interactions with with Seth Rogen's character, it just shows the range that Ray Liotta is able to pull off. Not anymore. Nope. Not unfortunately. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got coke. We've got him in cocaine, Barris. So we got that to look forward to. <laughs> James, right. Is that it? Chad. Yeah, I don't have much okay. else to say. Um, I'm if gonna... you're a huge fan of Paul Blart Mall Cop and want to see the same thing, do not watch Observe and Report. There you go. I am 
I'm curious if this one is if if Joe's going to tell me it shows up on some list because I don't think it will. I think this is one of those obscure ones that people doesn't don't know a lot about. Go for it. The Dark Backward. I heard of it. James, you heard of The Dark Backward? No. No, that's a new one on me. I highly recommend you to check this out. It is, is it as good as Beyond Atlantis? <laughs> yes, it's a lot better than 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 uh, Dark Atlantis. I'm afraid Joe will find it maybe a little boring, but maybe I, not. Re- I maybe not. I might be surprised. Hold on, but, hold on. If it ain't a movie directed by Hal Needham, he'll find it boring. Nothing. Well, that's because Hal Needham never made a picture you didn't have to watch. Had to watch. It wasn't boring. This may make you two chuckle, and I don't mean it to. Uh, this may be Judd Nelson's best performance in a movie ever. What? Seen from the hip. I'm I'm glad you didn't say steel. <laughs> I I'm, I've only seen, seen. <laughs> but no. Uh, so what it's about? And by the way, one thing I want to point out. Um, I saw an interview with Doug Stanhope. Um, and he's if you don't know Doug Stanhope, he's a he's a great comedian. Uh, they were talking to him about movies that capture stand up comedy the best because you know stand up showing stand up in movies is a very tricky thing most movies don't pull it up it doesn't work at all what doug stanhope said about this movie is it captures with absolute accuracy what it's like to bomb on stage the sheer anxiety the sheer terror of telling jokes and people just stare at you the dark backward catches it Exactly. So what the what is the dark backward? Um, it's first off, let me tell you who it stars. It stars Judd Nelson again in probably his best performance. Bill Paxton in his absolute most maniacal state you have ever seen him in. He is a man who who thinks Judd Nelson is going to go to the top and Wayne Newton as a talent agent. So but uh, uh, Judd Nelson and Bill Paxton oh, couldn't get Tom Jones. Are they're garbage men by day, but at night Judd Nelson thinks he can be a stand-up comedian, and he's this—he's this bent out, hunched over, pushover of a man whose sense of humor is not anywhere close to what anybody finds funny. But he thinks he has the knack to become talented, and he goes up on stage in this bar every night and immediately starts pouring down sweat. Like you, he just starts like dripping with water and he just tells these awful jokes and nobody laughs at him. And he just doesn't understand why, but every joke he tells to Bill Paxton, his friend, Bill Paxton goes absolutely crazy about it and says, he doesn't understand why nobody's laughing. Um, but then something weird happens to Judd Nelson. He grows a third arm on his back and then suddenly he skyrockets overnight <laughs> As 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 a comedic talent because he has this third arm. Now the, the the joke of this movie is even with the third arm, his stand up makes no sense. It's not funny at all. But for some reason, people are drawn to it. And then Wayne Newton gets in, and Wayne Newton is phenomenal as the sleazy talent agent. I just cannot talk about this movie enough. It, it is. I'm surprised nobody remembers it, but it is absolute. It is a pitch I've never perfect. Heard of it. Uh, it it's you can find it's on Tubi. Uh, right now, guys, for free, if, you, if you're listening to this, just pull up Tubi and look up the dark backward. Um, it's right there. Um, highly recommend you watch it. 
uh, again, I just can't. And by the way, uh, Bill Paxson again is funny because he has a he has an a, 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 um, an infatuation with very large women, and that plays into Go. the movie a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So again, I I just I I cannot talk about this one enough. Just to, to highly recommend it. Check it out. And by the way, James Con as a uh, he plays Doctor Scurvy. What do you run him off with a lemon? <laughs> uh, he yeah. he is the screwball yep. doctor that Judd Nelson can only the only the only doctor that Judd Nelson you know, Judd Nelson can afford. So yeah, just check out the dark backward. That's all I'll say about it. I don't want to give too much of the plot because it goes all crazy on you. All right, for my third movie, um, we're going to run the gamut from 1971 to 2022. Ah, damn it! I knew you were going to bring this one up. I'm sorry, I loved it. Go for it. The menu. Yep. It was good. Oh my God. It was so good. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I've, you know, been laid up for a while and watched a lot of stuff. And let me tell you a lot of stuff that I missed that I wanted to catch up on. I didn't need to. Yeah. I just didn't need to, but this was fantastic. It's basically they, they're uh, this young couple. You think they're a young couple are getting on a boat and he's obviously a foodie. I consider myself a little bit of a foodie and they're taking a boat to go to this private Island where the chef runs a restaurant and there's other VIPs on the boat. And, so, and it's set in an exclusive restaurant on an isolated island. The menu follows a couple's experience during their dinner. Um, the chef is played by Ray Fiennes and he meticulously prepares and with dark intentions. It's directed by a guy named Mark Mylod. Now, Mark Mylod has, I looked him up and was, he's directed a lot of British television, but this really is his first movie. And boy, oh, I didn't know that. He knocked it out of the damn part. Didn't he? Yeah, God, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And it got an awesome cast. There's not one dud in it. Anna Taylor Joy, who I think is one of the best acting actors or the best most talented actresses working today. Nicholas Holt, another wonderful young actor. Uh, I will say about Nicholas Holt, uh, he seems to play a slime ball really, really well. He does. He kills it. And he, he was the best part about, uh, honestly, as much, as much um, praise as, uh, oh shit, uh, Easy A. Uh, What's your favorite? Emma Stone? Emma Stone no. gets for the favorite. Nicholas Holt is great in that. Yeah. So and and I and somebody I know Chad loves quite a bit John Leguizamo. I'm not a oh, huge yeah. John Leguizamo fan, although John Leguizamo was in two of my favorite movies of 2020. I know, and he played a great villain. He was a great villain, and he's uh oh you know he's a down and out on the other side of his career. And, and can I talk a little bit about the plot? This is this this is, to me is the epitome of dark comedy. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, go for it. If you haven't seen the movie, James, have you seen it? No, I'm I'm gonna watch it actually. It's on my uh, oh, this weekend. Well, I can my... give it away. Can I give one yeah. thing? Right, go ahead. Go ahead. I think so, J- James would be able to. I mean, I pretty much guessed what was going to happen pretty well, early you, on. You, so well, you, it's it's sold kind of like a horror film. It's not yeah. really a horror film. No, but it's dark. Yeah. Please tell me it's at least as good as Gravy. Now there's a terror picture. <laughs> no, it's it's not that quite that same kind of movie, but it doesn't end well for most characters, as you can imagine. And the reason John Leguizamo is just a used up kind of blown out actor um, who doesn't get a lot of roles. And there one of the re- we find out one of the reasons he was invited was because of a shitty movie. He made. Yeah. <laughs> and I, what I, and there's another great line about, did you have loans? <laughs> no. And unless you've seen the movie, that makes no sense. But in the context of the movie, her answer is no, you deserve it. 
<laughs> no, doesn't he say you die? You die. Yeah. Does yes. Same same thing. I'm sorry. You, did you have loans? College loans? No. Did I'm just going to point that. Can, can we please mark this on the calendar? The one time ever, Chad, who is terrible with movie quotes, corrected Joe Lewis. I, that's fine. I, I cannot quote shit. I cannot quote movies for shit. I loved it so much that I stopped midway and, get, and, and grabbed Christy. And I said, tomorrow night, I'm not going to finish this. Or we're going to restart it from the beginning. I'll go put, I'll put the kid down and you can start list watching it. And when I came in, boy, was she hooked. Yeah. Just as much as I was. James, whatever you do this week, watch the menu. It, it is the best dark comedy I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. I agree with James. Yeah, Joe. It's uh, it's a masterpiece. Watch the dark backward, then watch the menu. Since you never watch any of the recommendations I give you, watch the dark backward. Me watch the no, dark. Bo backward. Well, both of you. <laughs> I watch what you recommend when I can find it. If you weren't recommending things from the nineteen tickety two Steam Box, mind if I have one second to talk about a movie that's listed on several of the different lists that I do not view as a dark comedy. Oh, please do, because I kind I kind of want to hear, especially since Blazing Saddles was on your list. It was, I, I can tell you, Beetlejuice see, was on one. Beetlejuice was, like, was on several of them. Well, Knives I kind of see Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah, was, I saw that on a lot too, you're right. But my thing is, so I guess. It's a comedy, but it's a comedy murder mystery. It's just it's not a dark, a dark comedy. comedy yeah. well, I was gonna say, and, and so I think how I define a dark comedy, and maybe we should have started the show this way, but I think how I define well, we it. But I mean, I think a dark comedy has to deal with something that's dark, something that is sad yeah. or tragic or and then tries to make or it shouldn't be tries. If it's a good dark comedy, it successfully makes light of a lot of bad situations. Back to the menu real quick. I do look through my Facebook feed in the course of who I am and what we do on the side. There's a lot of film geeks. And then there's some normies. And then you see both people post about the movies and television and then take a pop culture they watch. A lot of the normies, what kind of bullshit ending was that? But it worked perfectly for me. Yeah. No, because it's a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But I do understand, right. just like I, there's a normie today, Chad, just this the what is the movie you loved last year the there the uh, everything everything everywhere everything everywhere all at once i read a review god a beautiful a friend film. of mine at work going i don't understand any of this shit why is this nominated what in the hell what kind of blah blah blah, blah, uh, blah. this makes no sense but it's not made for everyone right no no She's a, I don't give me that, that's lovely, what, and by the way this person I'm not making fun of her she, I haven't seen the movie yet she's a lovely person but I know going in this isn't yeah. just like when people ask me for recommendations you all do the same thing you go, oh hold, hold on yeah yeah you know I can't. a couple things about yourself yeah give yeah, me a couple yeah. movies you like and I'll use that to base my recommendation God bless Jamie Greer is one of the few people who she was like I need something bloody and horrific I was like, um, are you sure and by the way Jamie Greer can go down a rabbit hole with bloody and horrific so she'll never listen to this but I'm giving her props by the way I want to point out the you know case in point my next door neighbor who uh we connected because my our daughters is this the guy friends. that you're leaving us for he and his no, wife no 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 you're no. all having like the the, the swapping no 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 and whatnot i don't nah. have brunch no this, that's another group i'm branching Fancy brunch 
this no, uh, but my next door neighbor swap swapping thing. He talks about he talks about Star Wars a lot, and I'm like, okay, I like Star Wars too. And then we talked about other comic book stuff, and I'm like, oh, we have s- several interests. And he goes, you know, we start talking about movies. He goes, give me an obscure movie you, you really like, and I was like, well, what genre are you talking about? What what do you want me to tell you about? And he goes, give me something like uh, horror or you know you know something off the wall horror. Buddy, the first one down. the first one that came to my head guys is Bubba Hotep. I said, "Oh man, you should watch Bubba Hotep." He goes, "Well, what's Bubba Hotep?" And I tell him the plot. Crickets. He I will never watch this movie. That's and what I'm he like, said. Yeah. I'm like, "Why? I don't want to waste my time." And it's... I got I almost got furious with him. But anyway, just, so his house like, mysteriously burnt down and Chad doesn't yeah, know anything. I'm just like, how can you not? The neighborhood has been cleaned. How can you not want to give Bubba Hotep a chance? It's phenomenal. Uh, it's Don Costco. It stars Ozzy Davis, who was a national treasure. I know. And it's Don Coscarelli's best movie. It's not Phantasm. It's Bubba Hotep. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Bubba Hotep. I like Phantasm visually. Ooh, is it but... across? Is it Bubba Hotep or John dies at the end, guys? Bubba Hotep. Bubba, Bubba Hotep. Hotep. I agree. They now, never Phantasm is the budget. A, it's not a bad. It's not a bad low, low, extremely low budget interpretation of the book, Chad. Yeah, but they never had the budget to pull off the book. Right. It's Bubba Hotep. Yeah, I agree. I'm not arguing with you. It's just it's 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 hard when you put those two up to one another because both are really good. But Bubba Hotep's uh, bypasses it. The one movie we wish we had a sequel for, and we're never going to get it. We never got it. <laughs> nope. And the uh, was a was was a success. Is that a dark comedy? It's a good argument. It deals with a serious topic of aging and death, and what do we do with older people that can't take care of themselves? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would say there's an argument that that's a dark comedy. Yeah, I think I think you could argue that. I don't think it is, but I understand the argument, James. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, to me, it's more of a yeah. But anyway, when, is it me, James? Sorry, sorry. I wanted to make sure. Uh, you son you know, of a bitch. Keep up what, with the times. What? Who are you people? I don't anyway, know. Anyway, um, I'm going to do five. one of the ones. This is actually a movie that I loaned to my wife uh, before she was my wife. I was going to say you loaned it to your wife. He's like, well, uh, take this upstairs, bitch. And if, I, if, you don't, yeah, if you don't bring when, back the, the, the card. Our, on our first date, she said, give me some movies that you would recommend I watch that you really enjoy. And I gave her a couple different films. This was one of them because I said, listen, it's it's dark, but I knew she liked Friends. It has an actress from Friends in it, but I think it's a great, dark, quite frankly, weird comedy. Um, the Opposite of Sex. Uh, the Opposite of Sex uh, stars Christina Ricci as she plays... No sex. No, it's, the, it's about the opposite no. of that. It's, it's in the no title, sex. Joe. Uh, no, it's... I live it. She is a 16-year-old, more or less, con artist. Her father dies. She moves in with her gay half-brother. And uh, it's directed by uh, uh, Roos. Which half? Uh, um, what now? Which half? Uh, anyway, um, it's directed by the Dan Roos, um, who is... Uh, gay and basically and so the, actually one of the critiques of the film in modern day is it plays too much with sexual fluidity i would argue it doesn't it plays with the fact she's a con artist and convinces her half-brother's boyfriend um into 
having sex with her. She gets pregnant at 16. I mean, all very serious topics. It's narrated the entire time. The other story that involves Lisa Kudrow and Lyle Lovett in an acting role is um, Lyle Lovett's character really falls in love with Lisa Kudrow's character. But Lisa Kudrow knows that he had an affair with his uh, when his wife was on her deathbed and um, won't go out with it. And there's a pivot in the movie where you find out why that was. And, well, kind of a little bit of a spoiler. The wife knew. The wife actually didn't want him to be lonely. And so it's, I mean, it deals with these very serious topics, but there's parts of it that are really, really funny looking at, you know, underage pregnancies and con artists and manipulating your family and all these things that are really bleak and dark. But there's also times when it's really, really well done and really, really funny. And it is one of the movies that's narrated. Uh, Christina Ricci narrates it throughout from her character's point of view. But the end of the movie, the narration catches up with the film. And I, I won't give anything away. But um, it's all about the repercussion of the actions of these different characters as they interact with these very serious topics. And it does get kind of bleak and... I'll give you an example of a scene. Uh, there is a scene where, even though she's 16, she uh, basically lies about her age and she's drinking while pregnant. And her half-brother goes, you've got to stop doing that. You're pregnant. And she, her response back, deadpan, well, if I wasn't drinking the first time, I wouldn't have been pregnant anyway. It's a very dark comedy, but it's very, very well done. Um and again, the, the critique of it uh, that some people have is it uh, it plays too much with gender fluidity. Could she really con her uh, half-brother's boyfriend into sleeping with her? In the film, I would argue, given the way that character is presented, she totally could because he's a moron. But uh, it's got a really good cast. What now? Also, she's Christina Ricci. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chad. Last but not um, least. Yeah, so since... The menu was going to be the one I brought up, but since Joe did, uh, I'm going to go to my fourth. No, it's okay. I had my fourth. It's just my fourth is one I've mentioned several times, so I was kind of trying to avoid it. But when you talk about dark comedies, you talked about Martin Madonna. We talked about Danny DeVito, but we have to talk about one of the third kings of dark comedy, John Waters. Yeah. John Waters. Even though I love him, but care very little for his movies. Really? Yeah, still. I, I may go back and watch him sometime, but I've never... I feel about him the way you feel about David Lynch. I am I connect to David Lynch as an artist much more. See, with... with, with um, Even if it doesn't make any sense to me, I just think this is art. With John Waters... Now, I'm not talking about every single one of John Waters' films, obviously, but... But I do have... love him. I would love to hang out with him. I'd love to interview him. I think he's hilarious. Right. But with in terms of dark comedies, I mean, you have a dirty shame. You have Cecil B. Demented. You have Polyester. Uh, what you don't, but those are all great John Waters films. But and even Pecker is a little bit of a dark comedy, not really, but kinda. Um, these are all great. These are all films I really enjoy by John Waters. But when you talk about dark comedies, you have to talk about Serial Mom. It's fantastic. It's his best it movie. It is. No arguments. 
I, I, it's, it's not my favorite. Cecil B. DeMinute is my favorite just because right. film geek and all, and there is 5,672 inside film geek jokes in that movie. Yes. Probably one of the reasons, I don't know how, James, I don't know how you've ever, I don't think you've ever talked about your opinions towards Cecil B. Demented, but me and Joe, yeah, that's one of the reasons me and Joe both love that movie. It's just, yeah, but once again, his best movie and the movie, and we've said this on before, I've said this on before, the one he has stated that is his best film, A Serial Mom. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Serial Mom, I've talked about it a few times and in, in during the during the Oof, almost 300 shows we've done uh it's about a it's this mom who's huh are you shitting me it's it's well shit yeah now we're getting in oh my god it's almost 270 yeah we're almost at 300. oh my god why are we doing this <laughs> fortune and glory kid fortune and glory and i take one glory hole <laughs> well we're gonna end up in the hole but uh no she glory. appears <laughs> Chad, spit it out. Spit out the right, boy. Just, just today, Junior. But she plays this perfect mom, like June Cleaver type. Everything She's has to be a fantastic mom to her family. To her family. But if you do something wrong, you are murdered. That's plain and simple. If she would do something even slightly bad that is not in her perfect view of things, horribly. But one of the best scenes is when she murdered. I forget why she murdered the guy, uh, with the poke, the iron, the the the. Is the that the one that tried to touch her daughter? Maybe, and then she follows him in the bathroom and and stabs him with the the poker. But I mean, she does nasty things to people just to be a bitch too. Yeah, exactly. She's calling. Out people. Some people deserve to get beat. You mess with somebody's kids. Yeah, you may yeah, yeah. It. So let's give uh, John Waters is smart enough that she does nasty things. Like Mink Stoll is in the movie and is one of the other moms, and she's calling yeah. Mink Stoll up, saying nasty, horrible things to her every day. Yes, and it's wonderful. And you know, there's there was one point where she actually gets caught and she's in trial, and one of the guys is trying to point the th finger at her that she's the one. And she, she's underneath the table, spreading her legs like crazy, like flapping. Do you all remember that? <laughs> and completely throws him off. Yeah. I mean, she is just a yeah, terrible, yeah, she is just a terrible person. But to her family, she's the perfect mom. And that's why it's so surprising. Sam Watterson, who plays her husband, is just shocked that she's like this. It is phenomenal. Um, again, John Waters' best film. Uh, and it, it, again, it's just another one of those examples of how he's one of those icons of dark comedy who can pull it off. So yeah, that's, right. that's all I want to say. Cause I've mentioned, I've talked about serial mom quite a bit and I don't want to keep going on about it. Watch one of our other episodes and give us more views. So I'm not for honorable mentions. I'm really not. I don't have a lot because I don't have a lot either. Well, the, I got a couple about all these movies, but one thing I would like to say is Fargo's on one of these lists and I never thought of Fargo as a dark comedy. Neither have I. I, it, does it have humorous parts? Yes, but to me, it's a very somber, serious picture. Crime Wave is more of a dark comedy. Yeah, it is. It totally mm -hmm. is, but that is much more of a somber, serious picture. I don't uh, think Barton Fink's a dark comedy. It's Barton, well, Fink. Barton Fink's on several of those lists, too. Uh, Barton mm -hmm. Fink's more of a dark comedy than, uh, than Fargo. Fargo. Yeah, but they both have funny scenes, but... Uh, and, and you know, Inglorious Bastards was on a lot of the lists, and I'm like, I don't see that either. Yeah. So James, there's scenes that are are, are humorous. All Tarantino. And... So Tarantino gets mad when people say, "Why have you never met a comedy?" And he goes, "What are you talking about? They're all comedies." 
Yeah. Um, and in in the sense of, and if you ever thought of Tarantino as a comedic director, you're I, watching his movies wrong. They're just watching them wrong. Pulp Fiction is a is a laugh fest from beginning to end. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're just watching them wrong. Once it, upon a time in Hollywood is so funny. Joe and I, uh, James laugh, missed out on it, but laugh. we were laughing our ass off in the in the handicap seats and that. I was watching The Hateful Eight yesterday because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it's... You got me talking politics. I didn't want to talk politics. You're all hilarious. Is it a very serious, somber film? It can be. It's beautiful. I mean, there's parts of it that are terribly tragic. Yeah. But there's also... L. Jackson getting shot in the balls. Yeah. But once again, there is also... You got me talking politics. Walton Dawkins is hilarious in it. All right, Great. What's yours? So a couple honorable mentions. Uh, Again, uh, I did Opposite of Sex, which has a critique about how she lures away. I want to talk about kind of a film that's the flip side of that. um, That is a very... Again, takes on a very dark topic. Conversion therapy. And... and, uh, and spins it around, but I'm a cheerleader. If you've never seen, but I'm a cheerleader, it's a very yeah, well it's a classic. It's, I mean, it is a romantic black comedy, which is pretty hard, dark comedy, uh, really hard to pull off, but it does a pretty good job of it. Um, never thought none to, uh, talking about people who you never think would have a, 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 a rising in, in fame, Natasha Leone. I never thought she would come back to the way she is now. No. And I really want to watch the new series. Poker face uh, comes out tomorrow. Yeah. I'm well, going to the watch reviews, it. The early reviews are excellent. Ryan Johnson can do no wrong in my opinion. So, Mm-mm. so you, and you all talked about, said, did you um, see, did you see a, uh, Oh God, that, that, that star Wars movie he did fucking awful. Is the only one we're saying we try to something different. Damn ruin it. Star Wars forever. Uh, did I talk to you all about this? About his latest interview he did with Vanity? About no. defending the comedy in it, going, What are you all talking about? Yeah. yeah I, I saw that. You didn't talk to me, but I read I read Chewbacca, some. The Chewbacca screams at in the first Star Wars it goes, mm-hmm. and it runs down the hallway. There's ludicrous comedy in all the Star Wars movies. Slapstick. Yep. Well, no, not the Phantom Menace. Oh, no, there's a lot of comedy there. It's just tragic. Tragedy, yeah. Comedy. Do you think people are going to die? Anyway, um, so yeah. but I'm a cheerleader's yeah. honorable mention. You all did the best director. I want to give, I, I I'm going to go into books briefly. I think there's, there's a shout out needed for the best dark comedy authors. Historically, I would say Evelyn Waugh, who wrote, um, uh, Vile Bodies, which was adapted into the film Bright Young Things. Um, but Vile Bodies is, I mean, it's all about these wealthy people all of a sudden discovering war and what that means. But it's it's funny. It's just funny uh, as a book. The other one, though, I want to mention, because it's, some of his adaptations of his works have popped up on some of these lists. Chuck Polnick, I'm yeah. sure I'm mispronouncing that. Um, if you read his books, if you read Fight Club, Fight Club is hilarious. Yeah, I mean it's dark, but the book has a lot more puns and a lot more other stuff. It's very um, choke. The movie. It's very Ch- choke. Choke is a uh, choke is a, a good book as well. Uh, and what's the one? Uh, he did one about a writer's retreat where they they're in pursuit of fame. I, I think it's called Ghosted or Ghost or anyway, Haunted. It's called Haunted. I have it over here on the shelf. 
it's not a great book, I'll be honest. Be, and I say that because I can't recommend it, but I'm glad I read it. Because it is all about these people. They go on this writer retreat. Why? Not because they have a story to tell, because they want to be famous. And so when things go wrong and they're locked in at the writer's retreat, they intentionally try to make it harder and harder on themselves. So when they survive, they'll have stories to tell because they can't write. They can't come up with a good story. And some of it is fall down funny and twisted and terrible. So I think as an author, I wanted to give out a shout to Evelyn Waugh historically and Chuck Palnick um, currently as authors. What is it? I, I could be wrong. I think it's Palinuk or Palachuk. Anyway, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I literally looked up a pronunciation and I still like there's a little inflection that I can't hit. The other thing I did want to say, you all did best director. Oh, by the way, you, you forgot to mention in novels, you forgot to, to mention uh, Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Uh, yeah oh yeah yeah i laugh every time uh yeah keep going that that being said though you all did the best director and i do want to say i want to mention somebody that i think probably deserves more credit for his acting in dark comedies because people remember him much more for his acting in light comedies he is in death to smoochie Nick Cage. but he's also in world's greatest dad robin williams could play <laughs> dark comedy i agree with you Mm-hmm. better than anybody ever gave him credit for i agree with you. he it's could possible. play yeah. a I... loathsome terrible character and because it was robin williams you still wanted to see where it goes and that's another thing too we didn't mention uh my honorable mention uh, is bobcat goldwaith yeah i mean uh world's greatest dad shakes the clown uh, shakes the clown god bless america god bless three america. great three oh, great dark god. comedies What'd so say, no, I, I wanted to mention I wanted to give Robin Williams a shout out, the late great Robin Williams. But if you've never seen any of his dark comedies, you're missing out. They are great. Yeah. He plays them so well. Okay, sorry, Chad. No, that's it. I don't have I I, I was gonna mention Bobcat Goldthwaite and I forgot about it. So thank you for remember reminding me to do that. That's my honorable mention. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Bonehead Weekly. If you have suggestions or if you have things that we missed, we sometimes hear from Mick. Let us know. That's it. Have a great night. Bye. Alan.